Worldwide parent coach and conscious educator, Sue DeCaro, is on a mission to revitalize the joy in parenting. Welcome to Conscious Parents, Thriving Kids, a podcast designed to help parents all over the world create deeper connections with themselves and their children while overcoming life's daily parenting challenges. Listen in if you want to bring more laughter, love, and enjoyment to your home life. Welcome to Conscious Parents Thriving Kids, a place for all things parenting. I am your host, Sue DeCaro. Today, I am thrilled to introduce my special guest, Devin Kuntzman. Devin is a toddler parenting coach and life design coach on a mission to transform the myth that toddlerhood is terrible. Devin teaches parents that it's possible to embrace the sensitive developmental period and uncover the magic of toddlerhood while overcoming everyday challenges and keeping their sanity. As a coach, Devin empowers parents to transform their frustration, fear, and self-doubt into confidence in their parenting. Welcome, Devin. So happy you have joined me for this incredible episode. Your work in this world is amazing. Thank you so much. I'm so excited to be here today. Well, let's dive right in. Many parents struggle with what to do when a toddler has a tantrum. I'm sure you hear this, and I know I hear this a lot. This is such an important topic for discussion. Can you, in your own words, tell us a little bit about what a tantrum looks like and maybe a few things that cause our toddlers to have tantrums? Yeah. Well, you know, tantrums can have other names, you know, like meltdowns and things like this. And essentially what it is, is your a toddler's or a child's behaviors, like set of behaviors that um, are expressing what's going on on the inside for them. So we may see um, screaming, yelling, flopping down onto the floor, um, yelling, biting, um, crying, kicking. It just depends. Each unique child is different. So each child's tantrum is going to be a little bit different. But essentially, it's a child in a stress response, losing control of their behavior, and then having a host of behaviors that I just talked about. And the thing is, is that this happens a lot in toddlerhood. And almost every parent and caregiver will be faced with a tantrum at some point in time. And the biggest thing that I want to stress is that in the toddler years, tantrums are absolutely a normal part of development. And I think that a lot of times we forget that, especially when um, toddlers have this um, this kind of bad reputation that um, they're terrible um, and that toddlerhood is terrible. So we tend to forget that actually tantrums are a completely normal part of their development. I couldn't agree with you more. I remember when my daughter was two, I sent her to, I guess what they call preschool, um, pre-pre-preschool, and it was called terrific twos. Instead of thinking of terrible twos, they called it terrific twos. And what a great way to reframe a time of life in a, in a child's life where they're not necessarily able to express those big emotions. And we tend to label them terrible, right? Absolutely. Because the thing is, is that toddlers' brains are going through a rapid stage of development. And 
also toddlers have very little life experience. So they're really learning how to express and process their emotions. And they're just learning how to start to regulate their behavior and their emotions. And at this point, they're highly dependent on their caregivers to support them and help them with that through co-regulation. And so when a toddler has a tantrum, what it's saying is that they're overwhelmed, frustrated, and or having a hard time coping with what's happening. And that's such a great point. I think hunger sometimes can be a trigger for a child too in having a meltdown, tantrum, whatever we want to label that. Correct? Oh, absolutely. There are so many different tantrum triggers and they can be um, immediate needs like hunger, thirst, being tired. It can be a developmental need like um, the need to explore for toddlers to explore an experiment and say like they're restricted um, in um, maybe a high chair or a seatbelt, something in in their car seat and they're restricted or in a stroller. That can cause a tantrum. It can also just be from life events. And um, their inability to cope with um, certain changes or things that are happening, like moving to a new house, starting um, at a preschool, uh, lots of having a new sibling. And so there's so many different types of tantrum triggers, and um, they all lead back to the fact that a toddler's tantrum is actually a form of communication and they're communicating something happening on the inside. And it's also a way for them to release their emotions as well. Beautifully said. So the parents listening to this episode are probably wondering, wow, what can I do? Because as you and I both know, these types of tantrums or any type of tantrum can cause stress in parents. And of course, we want to help parents to create comfort for their child as their child is having a tantrum and comfort for themselves. So let's talk a little bit about some of the things that parents can do to reduce the stress of what they're seeing and feeling in what's going on with their child. Yeah, absolutely. You know, there's a lot of, there's a lot of aspects that make tantrums challenging for us adults as parents and caregivers. And one of the biggest things is that they make us feel uncomfortable and This often happens because we're surrounded by these messages from society and our families and our peers and the way that we were raised that some feelings are good and some feelings are bad. And so when we're bombarded with the tantrum, it makes us feel uncomfortable and we um, react from that place. And so really the first step in... um, And creating some more comfort and comforting around this is to accept that we're human and that it's completely normal to experience a full spectrum of human emotions, whether you're two years old or you're, you know, in your 20s, 30s, 40s, no matter what age you are, it's normal to have a full spectrum of human emotion. And I think that that actually sparks a a thought for me as you were discussing that because societal pressure puts a lot of uh, play in how a parent reacts to to a tantrum, to a meltdown. For example, you can probably relate to this as I'm sure many people listening. I can remember being in a Toys R Us, one of my kids having a meltdown, and this was years and years ago before I had the wisdom I have today. 
And I can remember thinking, oh my gosh, what will people think? So, and I'm sure many people can relate to that because we do worry that people will judge us. And I think that one of the, the most important things that we can do as parents is to let go of the need to worry about the outside world. Because quite honestly, anybody watching a child having a tantrum that's ever had a child knows how completely normal this is and common this is and can relate, probably wants to come up to the mom and give the mom a hug, you know? So I think that letting go of the need to worry about what's happening around you in terms of the other adults and focus on how you can bring your calm and comfort to yourself and your child at that time is, is really key. And when you mentioned societal pressures, you know, that immediately came to my mind. Yeah, that pressure is so real. And one, um, one way to look at this or one way to move this forward and to release some of the pressure is to accept what is. So by acceptance, I don't mean resignation. So acceptance is a way of, um, it comes from an empowering place. And it's really like the beginning of transformation and it's accepting what is because the thing is is like we can't rewind the clock like the tantrums already happening it's already there and your feelings about it might already be there like it's all there and it's happening so if we try to fight against what's already happening it creates um, a lot of frustration it kind of creates this internal tug of war and then it can also um it can lead to judgment and it can lead to um, judging yourself in that moment. And then oftentimes the judgments that we perceive from others is actually the judgment that we're placing on ourselves. And then we also extend that to this is what must be what others are thinking as well. For sure. For sure. It's like a mirror back to ourselves. Mm -hmm. So let's help all the parents who are listening to this, who may be able to relate to the tantrums that occur in their own household or in Toys R Us. <laughs> and let's, let's offer our listeners some helpful ideas to handle or manage. I mean, we really can't handle or manage. Those are, I guess, not words that would relate because we can't control what's happening with our child. But to come to our child with compassion. What does yeah. that look like? Let's share some, some ideas. So from yeah. your expertise, what does that look like for a parent? What can they well, do? Well, what I like to say in this is to navigate tantrums because you're right. Like, you know, we can't control them. So actually the first step that I always say for parents, well, the first step, and I think any type of response as a parent or caregiver is to make sure your child's safe. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. The first step, because it's really hard to, um, to respond from a place of, um, neutrality or um, not being wrapped up in our own emotions if there's not safety. So the most important thing first is to create some safety and to make sure that your child isn't in immediate danger. And if they are, move them the minimal amount to create safety or to put something around them that like blocks their head or whatever from what might be unsafe. So that's the first thing. Then the second thing, which I think a lot of people find surprising, is to let the tantrum happen. Because if we try to stop it by shutting it down, like um, trying to shut down the feelings and emotions or tell them to stop or stop crying, or to stop crying, or if we try to 
um, cajole and appease them um, or bribe them to get to stop, it's actually undermining that normal developmental process that toddlers need to go through uh, to really express themselves, have that emotional cleansing, and really move through their feelings. And so those are the first two things that I always recommend. And then from there, it's important to focus on ourselves and keeping our composure. And so I like to imagine this, um, this idea of like raising our shield or putting up this, this like bubble that allows us to choose not to take whatever's happening for your toddler personally. Because just as true as like we can't control another person's behavior, we also can't control their feelings. Yes, we can influence them, but we can't control what's happening. So it so whenever we take it on as our own responsibility, like to make it stop or to make them happy or to make it better, essentially when we come from this fixing um, place of fixing, it can increase our feelings of frustration and get us off of our emotional equilibrium because we're essentially trying to do something that's not possible. I, I think that is such a key element, the personal, because what we're doing is if we take it personally, we're not really accepting that our child has feelings that are their feelings and that's about them. And this is true of any child of any age, not just in a tantrum. But I think you hit on something that really goes for you know, lifelong lesson or advice or tip is that anything our child feels is not a personal attack. It's a feeling. It's an emotion. So I love some of the tips that you shared. You said, keep your child safe, stay calm, acknowledge your child's feelings or accept your child's feelings, allow them to have the tantrum, allow it to, to move through, or allow the child to move through the tantrum and accept that this is what the child needs at this time and not take it personally. Yeah. Did I miss anything? I think there's a, yeah, that's everything. And, and also that's everything I said. And then also um, focus on what you can control, which is yourself. So focus on keeping your composure, focus on um, what you can control. You can control yourself, how you react, how you respond, the lens through which you look at the tantrum through, um, what you make it mean about yourself and your child. You can also control the environment to an extent. So if you're in a store, you can pick up your child and go to the car um, if needed. If you're, you know, um, somewhere um, where it's dangerous, you can pick them up and move them somewhere else safer. So you can control the environment to um, the extent. And then like the last piece of it is really create that space, like that, which we kind of touched on before, which is just, Create the space for your child to move through these feelings and emotions and get on your child's team and, and validate what they're, what they're feeling. Those, those are wonderful, wonderful suggestions and ideas for our parents to try. And those that are listening, I think, you know, it's really important that you stay calm because children pick up on our emotional state, our vibration, as I like to call it. And so if you're escalated because your child is escalated, in my opinion, that keeps the child in escalation, an escalated state a little longer because they're also feeding from your state too. If you can stay neutral and calm in front of your child and really internally stay neutral and calm. So it's not just an external feeling, it's an internal 
energy as well. So you know that this too will pass. This is normal, common. I don't like to use the word normal so much. Common. And that children are learning social and emotional skills. And some are, have a very difficult time sharing whatever's going on. So the tantrum is an expression. So acknowledging their expression in a just an accepting kind of way is really key. Mm -hmm. And there's a key mindset shift that goes along with this, which is um, how you interpret your child's behavior, which is shifting from my child is being bad, my child is being difficult, my child's doing this on purpose, my child's being a brat, shifting these type of um, judgments and uh, mindset or way of looking at it to my child is having a hard time. My um, child is overwhelmed. My child um, isn't able to cope right now. My, my child needs support. Um, so when we create this mindset shift about what we mean, what, what, we, um, what we interpret from your child's behavior, that key mindset shift can open up so much possibility and opportunity to really go through all the ways that we stopped uh, talked about and um, for responding because if we don't have that mindset shift it's going to be really hard to create that space for their feelings and emotions it's really going to be hard for acceptance it's really going to be difficult to let the tantrum happen instead of trying to shut it down so i really think that zooming out and having looking at this mindset shift and what um, is possible from either lens is really what lays the foundation to be able to respond in an effective way to a tantrum. That's a fabulous point. Coming to it with negativity or, or negative language or negative language about ourselves is not helpful in any way, shape, or form. I think you're, you hit such an important topic and an important skill for parents to learn is to change how we view this. One of the questions that I love to utilize uh, in my work and, and even now with my grown children, it, and this works for toddlers, is what does my child need from me right now? So as you watch your child experiencing a tantrum or anything, they're trying to communicate, they don't know what they're trying to say, they're getting frustrated, whatever the case may be. Asking yourself, you can ask your child too, but some are not able to share that with you. What does my child need from me right now? They certainly don't need negativity. They certainly don't need us judging ourselves, judging them, worrying about the rest of the world. They need us to just come to them and see what it is we can do to support them in that moment. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And sometimes I even have um, a question to precurse that question. Um, if we, if, um, if you really find yourself like in that stress response and really just on that wild emotional roller coaster with your child, um, someone has to be the one to like pull the brakes um, or jump off the roller coaster to put the brakes on. So um, one question I really like to ask is, is this an emergency? Because our brain is like perceiving the tantrum as an emergency. And then we're in a stress response and that flight fight or freeze. So then we're at the same place that our child is. So sometimes asking this question, is this an emergency? And then that can be enough to kind of put the brakes on, jump off of that emotional roller coaster, and then have access to our um, you know, more logical 
um, empathetic thinking. It's like, okay, what's most important here? What does my child need from me now? I love that too. And I love your question because really when you ask yourself, is this an emergency, perspective kicks in. Because emergencies, in my view, are, you know, blood and, and gore and we need to go to the hospital if something's broken, you know, things of that nature. A tantrum is not an emergency. And so I may feel like it in that moment. So I love that question because for me, as you were saying it, it I can feel the shift in perspective when one might ask themselves that question in the middle of, you know, what seems like chaos. It just brings us down a notch, right? Absolutely. Because when we have access to perspective, it's how it's, it's really the, the antidote to the stress response. Um, because we can't be in the stress response and have perspective at the same time. So, um, once we are able to gain that perspective, we're most likely out of the stress response. And it's true. Like, gosh, sometimes in the heat of the moment, it can really feel like an emergency if we haven't defined what an emergency actually is. And then once we're clear on, okay, wait a minute, what is actually an emergency? Then we can start to differentiate, oh, wait, this isn't an emergency. This is actually just really uncomfortable. Beautiful. So one, one other thing I'd like to just touch on is, you know, I think, and this was something I had to do as a parent, I think it's important to look ahead or, you know, be prepared, as they say. Not that we can be prepared so that we don't experience any tantrums, but if there are things we know about our children that can help us to prepare in, in being ready prior to a meltdown occurring. So, for example, I have a child who uh, had hypoglycemia. And so food was a big issue because as soon as the blood sugar started to go down, the mood shifted. And I know there's a lot of parents that experience this, and maybe it's not labeled hypoglycemia, but it may be in a borderline. And that can really create a happy child, you know, going to complete meltdown from zero to 100. It's so fast. And so things like that to reduce the stress for the child, to help create the conditions for the child to thrive by having food, you know, being prepared with that kind of thing. Um, is there anything else that you might think of that, you know, sleep, I guess, would be another one. Make sure our children get enough sleep. What else might you add to that? Well, I like to take it back to like, okay, how can we, how can we take this and apply it in like a larger picture? And what it comes down to is observation. And I actually have a toddler tantrums course. And in that there's a tantrum tracker. And I encourage parents to track the tantrums and to Gather data, first of all, because we can feel like tantrums are happening more often and lasting way longer than they actually are because they're so uncomfortable for us as, as the adults. And then from there, you can start to see patterns. So know when tantrums normally happen, like look for patterns, observe and look for patterns, see when tantrums normally happen, start to know what your child's tantrum triggers are. Is it sleep? Is it um, that they're hungry? Is it um, their temperament? Look at temperament because temperament also plays a role in a child's reactivity. Something else is also looking at what skills your child needs to be able to cope. And so it may start with like working on teaching them about emotional intelligence, um, teaching them how to start to identify and um, label and understand their feelings and emotions. 
Um, and also a lot can be done to prevent tantrums through connection and really providing that connection and reassurance. And a lot of times that can really help kids come back to their emotional equilibrium and, um, and prevent a tantrum. But in general, knowing that all behavior is a form of communication. So the tantrum isn't just happening because they're being bad or doing this on purpose. There's actually something being communicated underneath. So when we start focusing on what's happening underneath the behavior, then we start seeing less and less tantrums because we're addressing the root versus addressing the surface. I love that. And uh, one of the things that I always tell parents is that um, every behavior is a form of communication. All children want to do what's right, whatever that really means. And when they don't, usually there's something preventing them from doing so. And so finding out what, like you said, the root of what is preventing, what's below the surface that we're not necessarily seeing. I love the idea of observations. You know, do an experiment in your own family of observing over a week what happens with your child or your children and their tantrums, their emotions, and your connections too. You can actually observe and kind of incorporate all three of these items, labeling each emotion as it comes up. So you're helping your child identify the emotions that they're experiencing and being able to relate and accept different ways of coping and moving through each emotion. So what great advice. Fabulous. Is there anything else that you want to share with our listeners today? Um, well, what I would really just love to leave everyone with, actually two different thoughts. It's the first is that you don't have to fix your toddler or their behavior. They're born whole as a whole being. So it's not about fixing them or fixing a problem. What it is, is that they're learning how to navigate this world and they're looking to the adults and caregivers in their lives to be the loving leader and guide. So you can take on that role of supporting them and teaching them how to meet the expectations, teaching them skills that then support them versus trying to solve a problem or fix them because there inherently isn't anything wrong with your toddler. And then the second piece of advice that I just love to leave everyone with is that give yourself permission to love yourself and your child just the way you are in this moment. Because that unconditional love, accepting what is and loving anyways, is what truly creates emotional safety and a strong connection and bond that can sail the roughest seas. Wow, beautiful. And you know, we're all whole beings and we're all trying to bring the very best of ourselves to to life each and every day. And I think that word fix, none of us need fixing. But as adults, we're trying to create the conditions for our children to rise based on what that child needs. So it's seeing your children clearly as well. Love that. Wow, powerful. Devin, thank you so much for being part of this episode and sharing your incredible wisdom and knowledge with our listeners today. It's been an honor and a pleasure to have you here. 
Thank you so much for having me. I'm so passionate about supporting parents and caregivers and so passionate about the toddler years that it's always a pleasure to talk about tantrums. Where can people find you? You can find out more about my work at transformingtoddlerhood.com. And for daily parenting tips and inspiration, you can visit my Instagram page at transformingtoddlerhood. Devin, thank you so much for joining. And to our listeners, thank you for joining us. Remember, every moment is a new moment for Conscious Connections. Thanks for listening to Conscious Parents, Thriving Kids. If you like what you heard, the best compliment you can give us is to share this podcast with a friend. And be sure to give us some stars and a favorable review at Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen in.